everybody's talking about the metaverse. Is it hype or is it hot? We think it's hot and we think that pretty soon everybody is going to be learning in the metaverse. We're going to dive into that topic with Accenture's own Krista Taylor on the Learning Geeks podcast starting now. Hello, 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 hello. Hey, everybody. Jake, Dana, this is my good friend Krista. Dana, you know Krista. I know Krista. Hi, Krista. Krista, it's great to have you on. I have heard, I've heard a lot about you, so it's great to have you on. Great to be here. What an honor. We've only shared good things with, with him, Krista. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> so, uh, Krista, we, we are super glad you're here. We're going to dive right in because you're way too classy of a person to start talking about Star Wars with. We'll see if we get there at the end. But um, why don't we start off by talking about, Krista, like, what is this metaverse thing anyway? And then, like, what is XR and VR and AR? And then, like, what's your job compared to my job, by the way? (laughs) Since we're both working in this space together at Accenture. Yes, yes. Uh, so I, I'll give you the floor. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I have the opportunity to lead immersive learning, which is part of our metaverse group at Accenture, working closely with Dana and Bob. So um, yeah, excited about it. I think it's definitely so hot right now. Uh, I, I I would choose hot in that scenario for sure, because it's the evolution of the internet and it keeps evolving every single day. I, I feel like I was like part of the last generation where I grew up with and without the internet. So I've really seen it full circle like you know when your kids for when you you force your kids to play outside and now it's like okay all the kids are inside and they have some kind of device whether that's good or bad that's a different conversation um but but yeah it's how we learn it's it's really exciting space to be in so you had the dial-up internet which was kind of web 1.0 and social media mobile which is 2.0 and now you have web 3 the metaverse where we can not only browse the internet but we like Wreck-It Ralph, uh, you know, or like some of those, the free guy movie that just came out, like we are in the metaverse, like you can interact and and be part of it all, which is really cool and memorable. So Krista, what's the difference between an XR and a VR and an AR? Yeah, XR encompasses all of the realities from physical world to you know, totally virtual and, and digital. So augmented reality, which we all experience on our phone, maybe it's a Snapchat filter, or one of those apps that shows you what furniture looks like in your house, maybe from Ikea, um, you know, before you even place the order or purchase the, the product. And then there's full, full immersion, which is virtual reality. And that's as close to physical as you're going to get. It's not replacing physical. It's, you know, there's, there's times where you use it and there's times when you don't. It's, you know, evolving to, to where, now we have the metaverse to where it's, you know, it, we keep inching closer on the spectrum to digital. When we think of the metaverse and we think of VR and AR, that has been something I would say is a constant up and down, at least the AR VR stuff, right? VR, I think a couple of years ago, super hyped, and then it went down again. Mm-hmm. It's been around for quite a few years, but now again, it's back up. But when we think about the learning implications here what do we see is this something for real this time we should be focusing (laughs) on 
Um, because again, last time we, we, we do a lot of stuff. We have done a stuff for many, many years, many different things, but is this something we should for real focus on? And I want to hear Krista answer this and then I'm going to answer it, but you go Krista. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for real, for sure. Like, dare I say COVID, I feel like that's like saying Voldemort nowadays. Um, but there's no going back. Like once, you know, two, two plus years ago, you know, this pandemic that we've all been experiencing together, like that changed the way we think. And then we're not going to go back to, a, you know, everyone being at work five days a week and being in the office and traveling physically to a location, you know, traveling around the world just to be in a one hour meeting. We're not going back to that. And we shouldn't. It's not sustainable for for the earth. It's not sustainable for our mental health or anything. So, yeah, I think it's here to stay and it'll um, keep getting better. So the humility behind it is important as we all learn this together. And where do you think the big implications are in, t in terms of learning right now? Um, I mean, I know there's a lot around connection, which is of course spawned from from the pandemic. Um, there's always in for years now. There's more detailed practice or things that you couldn't go to, such as like environments that weren't as safe to practice in, in places. Mm -hmm. And you can do that on like a factory floor or some type of floor where you have to work in things that are more of a dangerous space. But where are those other areas that we think are the implications for learning today? Um, you hit the big things, Jake, the things that I'm seeing, like, and you know, the, the very quick answer to the, what's my job versus Krista's job. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the very, <laughs> the very quick answer to that question is, is I right now am focused on building metaverse based learning experiences for Accenture people. And Krista is focused on doing the same for our clients. So we are, uh, mm -hmm. Very roughly speaking, so so we work closely together in that regard. But that's kind of where the, the delineation lies. Yeah. A and what we find for us is, um, yeah, the building of soft skills, like the opportunity to uh, practice having a conversation with somebody that might be a difficult conversation, is one of the biggest things that you get in virtual reality, mm -hmm. uh, because you actually can get a sense of connection with the characters um, a lot more than you just would in 2D video when you're in a headset. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Last night, literally last night, I was going through the alpha version of a uh, learning application that we are, are creating right now. And it's all about building relationships. And I was, you know, quote unquote, in the virtual world, sitting across the table from this woman who was just a video game looking virtual human, right? Like she could have been on a PlayStation 2, not even a PlayStation 5. She could have been on a PlayStation 2. <laughs> and Very pixelated. Right. And, and <laughs> it's the alpha version. So it was computer generated voices. We didn't even have the, the actors talking, right? Mm -hmm. And I found myself going, I like this woman. Like I want to be friends with her. And then I was like, it's a simulation, but I genuinely felt that, Jake. I, I had that mm -hmm. that Anakin Skywalker in episode one moment of going like, it's working, it's so, working. Have you told Sherry about this at all? Well, I just said I want to be friends. <laughs> oh, okay. Just friends, it's fine. It wasn't more than that. Um, so, so, so that aspect of it, absolutely. Like you really, you really get there uh, for sure. Um, connection so when you have the experiences in virtual reality where you are interacting with other people that's a huge win and the story there was as we've started rolling out virtual reality and having more and more like big group parties and 
and uh, group meetings within the metaverse, I would see people say, oh my goodness, I haven't seen you in two years. I haven't seen you since the pandemic. You look great. But all they are is actually their cartoony avatars, right? <laughs> I mean, they don't even have legs in alt space or arms. Or they just elbows. Have, right, they just have hands <laughs> and a face Coming and a torso. Soon. But you feel that, right? It's like you're in there for, for one minute and all of a sudden just the cartooniness of it goes away and it feels like you're interacting with the person. And then, Jake, I, I think you hit on the third big thing is is safety. And I, I think we can come back and talk more about, like, psychological safety because that's a big part of this. Mm -hmm. But the ability to let people practice hard skills like um, defusing a bomb or cleaning a nuclear reactor or things like that where you want to get hands-on practice that is as close to the real thing as you possibly can get but it would otherwise be dangerous or extremely expensive to do, uh, that's a prime use case for VR. So Bob, you mentioned town halls, right? So that is l people and presenters all kind of there physically together live. I know there are also experiences where you can do a simulation, right? In, and maybe do critical conversations or something like that. Um, what about the role of any type of instructor-led training? Do you, you Have either of you seen or done anything like that? And I, I guess I'm kind of wondering, if there is something like that, how is the role of faculty different in that type of mode than in a, a real physical classroom? Yeah, yeah. I like synthetic media a lot for that. So whether they're a full-blown virtual you know, human inside the space still facilitating as if they would in person, or um, you know, there's there's hologram, uh, holographic companies nowadays for facilitators, or um, even green screen. But you can buy a, a green screen on you know Amazon for 150 bucks and and put it in your house, and you can you know, be in a digital twin of your warehouse or whatnot, showcasing and, and teaching employees and people how to learn in those environments. So I think there's absolutely a, a space a need for facilitators and instructors um, still, I think it could be a lot more streamlined. So I think back to my HR days, do we really need to have someone spend every Monday in new hire, you know, teaching new, new hire orientation, um, talking about benefits and, and, you know, all that, all that stuff, or can we start recording some of this or creating a chat bot to where the AI can predict what the questions are going to be and, and, you know, have those answers ready to go. And we're not losing the human connection. We're just make being smarter about it. So a follow-up, when you're in a, in a teaching situation and you're faculty, you can look out and you can kind of read the audience. You can see facial expressions. You can see if people are dozing off. <laughs> I would imagine some of those types of things might be a little bit more challenging in a, a metaverse context. Is, do I have that right? Or, or, you know, or are there things in the works that will resolve that type of a yeah, situation. I think like eye tracking will help. So, you know, and once that goes to some of like the cheaper headsets, that'll that'll be a huge help. I mean, even when we're in our our own internal events, like especially in alt space, you can kind of tell if someone like I admittedly, you know, if I'm on the PC version, I'm probably multitasking. So you can tell who is who's doing stuff, um, you know, at the same time or if they're in VR. I mean, there's no distraction in there. You're just fully immersed. There are zero distractions. You can't check your phone or, you know, check your email in there. Yeah, you know, I would agree. I, I, I think, Dana, like current state of the art, it's yeah. probably harder for an instructor or a facilitator in a session 
to really get a read of what's going on in the room. But Mm -hmm. it's coming to where it's going to be as good as it is today. And then I think eventually it could be better than it is today. Uh, You know, if if you compare, for example, in alt space that we use for our our, uh, multiplayer, multi-person environments, we, we call it the take the headset off dance. Like if you have a headset and, and you take off your headset and you put down your controller to go to the bathroom or whatever, you know, your avatar kind of, you can't see me on the screen listeners, but like your avatar kind of does this thing where, you know, you, you bend over in half and your arms are all flailed out and you're just kind of like a lump in the middle of the room. Like <laughs> kind of like that... the Santa Claus inflatable at the end of the day. When <laughs> yes. The yes, exactly. Down. That's yes, a David. good analogy. That's really, really good. Okay. So, so, so that's like what it is now in the, the just barely released, I think probably still in beta version of horizon workrooms. Yes. When you yeah. disengage, your avatar kind of goes into a Zen pose and meditates. It, it <laughs> yeah. does, right. yeah, yeah. Which is straight out of Ready Player One, right? I, I think they borrowed that mm-hmm. straight out of yeah. that book because that, that's what happened in that book. Um, so, you know, I think it's getting to the point where the sensors and everything will be able to recognize what's going on and then represent that accurately in the virtual world. But, so, you know, I think we're heading that way. But then we start adding in which of course raises a whole bunch more questions and things like that. But we start adding in other sensors where, you know, maybe we can track how immersed people are using, you know, our friends at uh, at Immersion Neuroscience, right? And uh, other things like that to really understand what's going on in the classroom. And the facilitator might have better access to that information and easier access to that in a virtual world. Yeah, I'm excited about the sense too. So, you know, if, if we're having smells being coded with VR and that's the biggest tie to memories, then how do we use that with learning? Like, does a, a certain soft skill training have a certain smell? And it, you know, it, it's just an interesting path too. I'm I'm waiting for, yeah, I think we should do more with music. I know that we yeah, have the, our music absolutely. thing on here. But I'm, I've been waiting for the day I can have my walk-up music and do, you know, something with something I'm learning. Because if you ever you're watch a like a movie, wrestler, you're a professional yeah, or, wrestler, yeah, now? Professional wrestler yeah. or that time that I'm feeling really sad yeah. and, and then the music starts kicking in and I, yeah. those emotions really kick in. I mean, I'm waiting for that. Matches your mood. Yeah, Jake yeah, comes exactly. with his own theme song, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like th- this almost gets at uh, a little preview of our um, Galaxy's Edge field trip that we're going to go, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- there are two places where you hear kind of the traditional classical Star Wars music, like John Williams score, like it does in a movie. And it's mm-hmm. at the end of both of the main rides. It's at the climax of both of the main rides. And you kind of don't even notice it in the flow of it, mm-hmm. but it's so much an important part of telling that story. And yeah, I think we're just yeah. barely tapping into that. So so going back to the the, uh, instructor-led thing, so I'm glad you went down that path because I was envisioning like a faculty dashboard that only the faculty would see Mm -hmm. that might be able to provide feedback on immersion. And I was thinking of the the neuroscience or immersion neuroscience stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And make real-time updates on that dashboard, not have to go back to it after the session. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I could see how it could really elevate the engagement longer term. Well, you can imagine that. I mean, think about what, video games have been doing for years uh, across multiple genres of games 
of health and and status of where you're at like that that progress data that you could see from someone else like they are tired they're winded or you know their mental capacity is pretty much to zero now <laughs> like you yeah. you know you could think of these like overlays and i know when we were brainstorming ar you know quite a few years ago and we thought of that that stuff too like if you were to have uh, use ar and see in real time where someone may be again using technology such as like the immersion bands and other thing else you can then take that and say all right i have to take a break i have yeah. to, we have to stop mm-hmm. this is this is awful right like like you can utilize mix a lot of that data to help again that links into so many more issues and challenges and questions i should say maybe more questions than anything but also some opportunities Oh, wellness, absolutely. I remember when they when they first were rolling out the Google Glass and you could like give them a little use case and they would, you know, give you the opportunity to buy one for I think fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars. I think it was more than that. Right. And I, Bob Bob's I, got three I, pair. I, I no, I don't. I have zero pair. I wrote to Google and I was like, you know, I want to use this to see like how an instructor can use it in a corporate classroom and you know, what we can do. They they rejected it. So Google, you blew your chance. <laughs> so th- this is a question for both you, Bob and and Krista. Um, and I mean, you guys are jumping full speed into this, right? And there's, as you mentioned, Krista, there's no going back at this point. I'm sure there are some huge lessons that are being learned along the way because there's a lot of it. Even though it's been around a while, there's a lot of it that's really new with the some of the more recent technologies and increase in bandwidth and 5G. What are some of the top two or three lessons that you guys are learning as you're jumping full speed into this? So many lessons learned. I mean, where do you start? I think that's what's really exciting about the way Accenture goes about learning is that we can learn internally first what we have like 680,000 people. So let we'll figure it out and then we roll it out um, once we figure it out and, you know, uh, help help other clients and companies do it too. So I'm really excited that we have such a strong partnership between our internal, you know, the, the way we learn with with Bob and you, Dana, and then we can take it and be ready to go confidently to our clients. Yeah, I would I would net out that lesson as it's complex to make VR happen <laughs> in a company. A little bit, right? <laughs> and uh, and I think it's worth it. I think it's already paying off. Yeah. And we've seen so many benefits. Just in what I was talking about earlier about people regaining that sense of connection that they had lost mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, pandemic, uh, e- even though they can't yet physically be in the same space. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's I don't want to say almost as good, but it's way better than being on just on video. Let's put it that way. Yes, and the onboarding. I mean, day one to have that immersive experience and to collaborate throughout your employee experience and life cycle and you know whatever you want to call it um, is really cool. And it's changing the way we learn, and we're learning so much quicker. I mean, the effectiveness, the ROI, it's out there. We've got so many great you know cases with clients from all over the world, every single, you know, not every single, but most industries now we, we've got those proven ROIs that we can go off of, which is cool. So it, it is fun. And I think, I think what it's interesting and, and, and Chris, I would love to hear from your side, from like a client perspective of what is the resistance from even starting it? Um, you know, that resistance and, and again, back to just, is this really going to truly improve learning at all 
Yes. And it's the initial hardware, you know, that I think is, I say surprisingly, but like I say, so I think it's surprising that the hardware is the biggest hurdle in, in some minds because it's only, you know, depending on the use case, three, 300 bucks. I mean, how much is your laptop? How much is your phone? And, um, you know, updates come with both of those all the time. It doesn't stop us from getting a laptop or phone. We just know that in a few years, there's going to be something better, if not sooner. So, um, I mean, if you're talking about a HoloLens with AR connected worker type stuff, a little more expensive, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but but you can start with collaboration and how you engage employees on just the, the peer-to-peer level and um, having those events that Dana mentioned, like those are such second nature to us. You know, I look at my calendar, I'm like, oh, another VR event, like what, yesterday, day before there was one, I'm like storytelling. Um, so like, you know, casual stuff like that. It doesn't have to be such such formal learning. Do we have, you know, the, the formal learning that we're doing with clients? Absolutely. And, it, and we're seeing, you know, that injury rates reduced by 97%, like a, a shipping company or JetBlue, JetBlue avoided, uh, commissioning planes, saving about $10,000 a day. Sprouts used, um, you know, XR for onboarding. So reduced their new hire values training from four hours to 45 minutes. Um, if we think employee engagement and, op, you know, operationalized efficiency, there's Walmart training redu- reduced by 96%, uh, you know, what when it comes to time reduction. Uh, I mean, there's just, I'm looking at just a endless amount of stories that we already have and, and so many more is being, being told by the day. And you know, that, that does kind of lead though to my biggest lesson learned so far, Dana, which is uh, a reinforcement that content is king. Mm-hmm. And I think so many times in our business of corporate learning, you know, a, a new technology comes along that's a channel or a vehicle for learning experiences, and we get excited about them. But really, all we worry about is the technical side of making it happen. And we kind of assume, as far as actually building anything in there, like that's kind of the easy part, right? So take games for learning. Like it, it's really easy for, because I've seen it happen a million times, for a corporate learning person to say, okay, I want to have a learning game here. I can design a game. I play games so I can design them. (laughs) And, you know, again, having uh, almost finished paying for a uh, degree in computer science for game design, uh, I can tell you (laughs) that you don't get it for free just from playing games. Um, So, you know, you need those skills. And it's the same in it's the same in immersive learning. It's the same with virtual reality. I, I think we wind up spending a lot of time if we decide we're going to go down that direction, worried too much about the technology and the platform and, and all of that kind of stuff, which is important, and not enough thinking about what is the experience going to be when you're in there, and making sure that you've got the skills that you need to make that really sing. Uh, a, a lot of times it's uh, it's principles of game design. It is game design that you need to create a really good virtual reality experience. It's narrative narrative design and writing design and the ability to, to craft good dialogue. And uh, we've learned that making the investment in that, in those skills, uh, and placing a primacy on that is having all of the benefit on the back end. Going back to the content question, you mentioned, and we've talked about several areas of content that would be appropriate. 
Are there some areas of content that you would say, mm, you know, that's probably not the best for the metaverse? I think whiteboarding has a long way to go. Like we can do some, you know, design thinking um, in interaction that a lot of it's in beta. So, we, you know, we mentioned Horizon Workrooms. Um, you know, that's great for whiteboarding with a, like a team meeting or, you know, some companies are, I talked to one yesterday at our innovation hub in Houston, using it for some of their scrum ceremonies. Mm. Um, I, I think it has a long way to go, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the reason I bring that up is sometimes, uh, and, and we see this all the time with new technologies, the shiny object syndrome kicks in, yeah. right? And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, let's put everything in there and let's do yes. everything <laughs> this way and let's do everything that way. And and I think uh, you know part of part of the discovery when it's early on like this is discovering what it's not good for. There may be mm -hmm. some low hanging fruit like you just mentioned, Krista. But there's probably other areas that it'll be there will be trial and error. And you go, mm, you know, that didn't quite work as well as we thought it should. Yeah, yeah. I think there's also times of using it where it can be, you know, of course, Bob, like what you said, the story, the the other elements, the other design elements and skills that you need to create it are fine. But there's also things that you can probably think of like, yeah, we can use either VR or something for this and maybe get just a little bit better than what you already had before, mm -hmm. but the investment may not be worth it. So if right. you think of it like in that term, so there's times when you can, you have to really think down and think, is this really going to be and make the more of the improvement. And I think that's honestly, that's instructional design 101, yeah. experience design 101. Mm -hmm. It's like using whatever you have to improve the experience the best way, regardless of what your outcomes are. Yeah. And I think, Dana, like going back to your point, there's there's things that we probably shouldn't want to use it for, and, or they're, or again, the shiny object syndrome, I should say, where people just want to use it for everything. There's also people that have been burned many times of having this shiny, uh, the object syndrome that they're afraid to jump in now again, especially yeah. with something that like this has been a loop, right? Like there's things that have changed. <laughs> yeah. So I've heard on that side too. So it's this balance between knowing that things are going to go up and down and be very playful with it and, and figure out what can we do. But I think, I think today is one of those days where because of the access now to hardware that's $200 now, $300. It's the best that it's ever been. And it's the most approachable. I mean, my kid was just on it today, like my daughter, <laughs> you know, like yeah. she wanted to get in and play. So it's, it's one of those times where it is, I think the time where if you have been hesitant and even if you were hesitant, we're liking it before, but now hesitant again, it's a good time to jump back in playfully and smart, like be smart about it, and, and there's a lot to think about. I, think. I can just envision okay. several uh, executives sitting around a boardroom. It's, it, they're playing in hot potato, right? Oh, I don't want this <laughs> Oculus headset. Here, you take it. I don't want it. You take it. But no, come on. It's shiny object. You take yeah. it. No, I was burned last time. Well, it is funny because I think I've been contacted by every person, every learning person in our company who has said, hey, you know, my stakeholders want to bring VR in. Yeah. Let's have a meeting. What can we do? And, you know, the, the first thing that I ask them is, um, what does VR mean to you? <laughs> do you know what you're talking about? Yeah. And fortunately, we have something place we can send them if they, uh, if they need to get level set on it. But then the second thing I say is, as I always do, it comes back to what are your learning objectives? What are you trying to accomplish? Yep. Yeah. And sometimes VR is the right answer for it, and sometimes it's not. So, so Dana, I, I don't think that there's any specific areas of content 
that I wouldn't do in VR. But there are times when other modalities would be uh, a more likely solution. And I think for for quite a while, we're going to see a lot of blended experiences, right? So, for example, mm -hmm. the, yeah. the one that we were – the one that I was just testing yesterday is going to have a component of um, having to, to spend some time – absorbing a physical like report of something and, and understanding some information and then getting in headset and then having simulated conversations about what you learned. Very basic example of blended, right? It's like, you now you've got two different modalities. Yeah. So if you had a sponsor come and say, I, I need uh, eight hours of a, you know, I've got eight hours in a day and I want eight hours worth of VR. Yeah. Yeah, you go back to your question of, well, what do you want people to learn? Well, yeah, what do you want people to learn? And how many times can we tell you that's a bad idea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, because right now, right now but you they can have, handle... But, but Bob, they have the easy button. Right? Yeah. <laughs> easy. <laughs> right. Yeah, Squish exactly. that thing. Right now, I mean, I'm a total nerd. I can last about an hour in my quest, depending on what the experience is. It's more like half an hour to 45 minutes before I start getting the goals. Yeah. I'm about I'm, a half an I'm hour. Good with, I'm, I'm, yeah, same. I'm good with 30 minutes. I've done four hours before when we, when we were uh, recording TQ. Um, I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, yeah, it, it, and that's the point of it. It's because learning is done so much quicker in VR because you get the point because you are fully immersed in it. You're not remembering it like something you you watched or read. You are in it. It's an actual memory that's embedded into your brain now. And you, you go back to that moment. I see pictures of events that we've had um, and I'm like, oh, and it, it takes me back to that moment, which is cool. Someday though, someday it might get to the point where it is comfortable enough that you could be in headset True. and by the time it probably yes. won't be headset it'll probably be glasses or contact lenses uh 24 7 and it will be very realistic and then uh we have a lot of other questions to answer at that point i've been reading this book reality plus have you read that yet krista i haven't there are contact lenses already with right so yeah yeah, yeah. Re reality plus is a book written by a philosopher about the philosophy problems that come with Ooh. virtual reality and uh, a lot of interesting things to to think about. He posits in there that, uh, you know, a virtual experience has the same inherent value as a quote unquote real experience, which is a bit of a mind bender. So, mm -hmm. but we yeah. could probably talk for hours about that. And I just happened to look at the clock and we're out of time, folks. I know. Uh, oh my and we goodness. haven't even talked about your awesome Mandalorian shirt that you're wearing, Bob. I mean, come yeah. on. So, you know what? I, actually... <laughs> I put this on because I just, uh, I met our good friend, Brian Vabulous, shout out to BVAB, um, for lunch today. And we were eating at the um, the restaurant that was right across the street from our old office in El Segundo, California, which by the way, is right across the street from Manhattan Beach Studios, where right now they are filming The Mandalorian season three. Yes. Whoa. So I have to admit, I kind of put on this shirt hoping that somebody from the show would be in the restaurant, but it, no such Like luck. Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> He's eating pizza. Sipping on some soup. I was kind of hoping for John Favreau, oh, but, okay. you know, I was going to, like, yeah. make Either eye contact one. with him and point, you know, like, point, you know, hey, <laughs> let's go Good have fan. that beer I've been wanting to take you out for forever. So, yeah, but it's, it's fun. Krista, it has been a pleasure having you on. How can people find you on the internets? 
LinkedIn, Krista Taylor. With a K. I'm out there with a K. Yes, K-R-I-S-T-A. Y'all, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Oh, oh thanks, thanks for, for joining us. I've been thanks. smiling for the past 40 minutes. Well, good. <laughs> it only gets better from here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we, and you actually, I think you escaped this entire podcast with no dad jokes from Dana. Oh, so. I had one at the tip oh, of my tongue. So, Krista, what is a what does a dentist call an x-ray? What? A toothpick. So, on behalf of... <laughs> Jake and Krista and old dad Dana. <laughs> Thank Come on, you you're going to use that one. I will. I'm I will. Also, I will. I'm also going to use the one about the corduroy pull, the corduroy pillows. Did you know that they're making corduroy pillows now, Krista? I, I hadn't heard. Yeah, they're making headlines. <laughs> Where'd you get that joke from, Bob? Uh, it's from Dana. <laughs> Actually, this is really good because, you know, we, we do cater to the corporate learning uh, audience. We still have a lot of facilitators and, you know, like online presenters. And all of you people are just writing these down. You're going to use them all. You know yeah. they are. Yeah, you know they Anyway, we need to wrap things up here. We need, we need to, to say goodbye. Get, yeah, Bye, get everybody. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> and we'll Thanks see. again, Krista. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. We'll see you on the next yeah. episode of the Learning Geeks podcast real soon. Thanks for being here. So when we, um, hold on, sorry. You're going to edit this out? <laughs> no, I like, I like my long, awkward pauses of forgetting what question I, I was going to ask. I think they're great. I think okay. <laughs> long, awkward pauses are perfect. Keep it in. Leave this in. Behind the scenes on the Learning Geeks. <laughs> this is awesome.